2: Let's talk about what lessons have found. Let's hang out. And let's listen to Leslie and shout. Let's hang out. Let's hang out. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to Let's Hang Out, the podcast where you better get your orb ready. We are going monster hunting. From the West <laughs> Coast, I'm Lee Holmes Foster.
1: And from the East Coast, I'm Ellie Brigida. I love how I never know what you're going to say. So that was so cute.
2: I should have said it with an Australian (laughs) accent. If I had an Australian accent, I would have, but I don't. You did your best. You did your best. Yeah, yeah. Crikey, get your orb ready. Uh, Is that okay? Yeah, that
1: works. To those of you who have been with us through this whole journey, thank you as always for listening. If you're a new listener, welcome. We're excited to have you here. Here's what's happening this week. This week in the last time. Hey, everyone. Just want to give you a quick heads up. There are a few little audio issues in Lee's audio for this episode. Unfortunately, her mic did not record anything on the bookend. So we just have a few of her Zoom audio in there. So it'll sound a little different than usual, but you still got her beautiful voice in there for the rest of it. Enjoy the episode.
2: This Week in the Listum is a place where we can touch base every episode about things going on in the podcast or otherwise, and we have so many things to tell you about. First of all, very exciting news. Uh, We, the Flame, was nominated for a Webby Award. We are a finalist for a (laughs) Webby Award, which is so exciting. So cool so it's cool it's really really cool um it's so we are one of five finalists in the limited series scripted fiction podcast category and it's a really big deal for us because you know we are up in the running against Two shows produced by HBO, one show produced by Wolf Entertainment, so just some pretty big network-backed projects, and we feel like that little rinky-dink podcast that could that we just have always been, Um, and so if you want to help support us, listen, yes, it requires you to register your email when you vote, but you can opt out of all the email, like spam emails. And you only have to vote once. I know that's the other thing. Like, people always get worried when, you know, you say, like, vote for us during this, like, next month. You do not have to go on and vote every day. You just need to vote one time. But it does mean that every vote is so, so important. So it really, really matters if you could just take a little bit of time to go and vote for us for our Webby. You can find the link at bit.ly slash votefortheflame,
1: and it would mean the world to us. I also would like to say we're in second place right now for the votes. So you have been voting. So thank you for that. But keep voting because we know our community can win this freaking thing. I'm happy we're nominated, but we're going to win. That's all (laughs) I'm saying. And it's because (laughs) of you. Also, speaking of all of you supporting us, I also just I'm going to go on a quick rant, but it's fine. I think it is like we are the little podcast that could, but also we have a product and a freaking show that is worthy of being next yeah. to HBO produced shows. Even if we were not nominated for a Webby, I already knew that, but it feels good to like get that recognition to be like, yes, we deserve to be in this category. And now somebody, a committee of human be- of people who I don't know who they are, but they seem like they're important, have said we are worthy. <laughs> and now the he- webby academy <laughs> the webby has, academy has, has, found has us, said yeah. we are worthy and also like that was totally thanks to you out there who funded our show before we raised $26,000 to make the flame, which is how we could make it as good as it was. Which brings me to my next thing, which is we are in the middle of our crowdfunding campaign for Journey to the Heart, which is our next musical. We are doubling our ask because we know we can give you a good show and we want to give you an even better, more highly produced, more teammates on, the, on it. So it's not just us producing it. We've already hit $10,000 crazy. It's, it's, it's insane. Thank you all so much. At the same time in our campaign for the flame, we were at $2,000. So this is a huge deal. You are, you are all really coming through for us. We need you to keep donating, keep sharing at bit.ly slash support journey to the heart. We cannot thank you enough, but we really want to hit that $55,000 goal. So keep sharing, keep donating. We're gonna make this thing.
2: We also can tell you're all excited about the Dollar Beanies and we are excited as well. And we can't wait to see you all rocking them. So oh, yeah. it's gonna be great. In the Greater Liz universe, lots of stuff going on lately. Uh, first the GLAD awards just happened. Everyone looked so, so good. good. Everyone was so dressed up and living their best gay lives. And we love that for all of you. Also, lots of shows winning big, lots of movies winning big. Uh, some of the ones that I know we saw Saved by the Bell. For the episode. I think you watched it, Ellie, right?
1: I didn't oh, see it. Oh, I love Saved by the Bell. I binged Saved by the Bell when I was sick and dead with COVID, and it was so cute. And they have really good queer rep. So I'm actually really happy that they won that award. They have a trans cheerleader. They have Ariella Barrer plays an LGBTQ teen. There's a whole storyline around bisexuality. They actually did a lot of gay shit really well. So I I'm, I'm happy about that. Did you see Eternals? I haven't
2: yet because I, I also
1: saw Eternals. Same thing. I'm gonna say should have been gayer, but did have some good <laughs> gay stuff. And Single All the Way was the cutest. I mean, co- Christmas you know, film. You ever know seen. we love it.
2: Everyone knows. So I'm happy. All the way. I am
1: happy for the ones who won. I know some people were talking in our Discord that they want more, more queer women-led things to be nominated and to win, and I understand that as well. But I also do want to give props to the shows that did win because they did have some really great rep as well. It is also the 25th anniversary of Chasing Amy. And do you know why I put this in here, Lee?
2: Is it to encourage people to get the next tier of our Patreon so that
1: we can record an episode on it? How do you know? <laughs> well, it's also just because we have so many feelings on this, on this movie. Uh,
2: a lot. And a lot of feelings. I really want
1: to talk about it. We cannot talk about it until we get the bonus episodes unlocked on our Patreon, so... At 150 patrons, we will talk about Chasing Amy right now. I'll just say it makes my blood boil.
2: Also, if we did Chasing Amy, would that be the first Kevin Smith movie we would
1: cover? That feels wild to me. Maybe. I mean, we haven't done a Should Have Been Gay on any Kevin Smith films, right?
2: that's crazy yeah yeah we we really need to get there at some point so we will we will um also other awards shows that were happening recently grammys uh so shout out to brandy carlisle for five grammy nominations that's yes
1: i know and brandy didn't win any which is so depressing but also like she won in our hearts brandy always wins in our hearts yeah that's what's happening this week back to you ellie and lee Thanks, Ellie and
2: Lee. We are so excited to bring you episode 16 of season five, Face Your Queers. And we are joined by a special guest tonight, Alex Markman.
1: Alex Markman is a queer screenwriter for TV and video games. Her recent projects include Sci-Fi's new original series, Astrid and Lily Save the World, and the upcoming video game, Gotham Nights. Hey, Alex, thank you so much for hanging out with us. Hi. Thanks for having me. <laughs> we are so excited to have you here. We are such huge fans of Astrid and Lily. It's just so cute and gay and just like. <laughs> uh. I'm so obsessed with it. It's such a problem. It is. And-
0: oh, I, I'm so happy to hear that. I, I got to tell you, I feel like my queer street cred has increased like tenfold just by logging into this Zoom call.
1: <laughs> so I know we always say we do validate your, uh, your lesbian card, your queer card. Oh, yeah. So if you need <laughs> a Excellent. little stamp, we got. Mine's about to expire. We got you. We got, like, we got you.
2: Yours is about to expire. I'm sorry. How is that possible when you are, like, writing for one of the cutest, gayest shows out there right now? Come on.
0: Uh, that's true. That's true. My my credentials are, are racking up a, ge- a bit, oh, I guess. Oh, yeah. Oh, so. yeah.
2: How long has it been? Like, what was the wait time in terms of, like, from doing, like, writing all the scripts and everything to now with people getting to watch it? How long was that?
0: It was... Just about a year, um, uh, from the day we are recording this, uh, it was about a year ago that I first met with Betsy and Noel to talk. Uh, those are the showrunners, by the way. It was about a year ago that was uh, my first meeting with Betsy and Noel to chat about the show, and then um, we started writing in. May of last year, we rode all through the summer, started shooting in the fall, and we wrapped in December
1: and premiered in January. It was very wow. fast. That is so fast, especially as far as like TV de- development goes. I feel like there's people who were spent like five years on a show.
0: Yeah, very much so. I've also worked in animation and animation. You can be looking at.
2: Yeah. Years. Two years. years, years.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Video games, it can be even longer, so, um, and I was actually in St. John's when I found out the premiere date, and I went, really?
1: (laughs) That, that soon? That's, I mean, that's amazing. That that is amazing. (laughs) What was, like, what was Uh, the catalyst for writing this story in particular?
0: The show in general, um, so I know Betsy and Noel said in another interview, um, they were originally developing something of a murder mystery along the lines of Search Party. At some point it became a monster (laughs) show. Uh, you would have to speak to them, uh, because that all happened before my involvement. And then for me, I mean, I, I grew up on Buffy. Buffy's my all-time favorite show. It's the show that made me want to be a TV writer. So when my agent told me that she had submitted me for this project that was essentially Buffy meets Booksmart, I went, okay, like, what do we have to do to make that happen, though? Uh, you submitted me. That's great. But do we sacrifice a go? Like, what do I need to do? <laughs> do, we,
1: do we howl at the moon, m- make a spell? Like, what are we yeah. doing? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> do we say, do anything, we say backwards? everything yeah. backwards? Yeah, <laughs> yeah like,
0: I, I will do whatever I need to do to make this uh, job happen. And thankfully, it did because it, it's truly been a dream experience. That
1: is so awesome. And yeah, like, it definitely, like, watching it has such Buffy vibes, which... Lee and I are also huge Buffy fans, so when yeah, as you should be. So I did. I saw this on your Twitter, but is this like somebody had written a review that said it's like Buffy but without the the male gaze? Yeah, Time Magazine. So like, how did that feel for you to be like, I love Buffy, and I wrote this thing, and I, now this is what they're comparing it to? Oh man, I, I I'm a writer without words. Uh,
0: it, <laughs> it really blew my mind. I mean, by then we uh, we were starting to see the press, which was really positive, but seeing Time compare it to Buffy and we made the print edition. It wasn't even just an online thing. We made the print edition. I have a copy of it that I'm going to frame um and display in a place of honor. It yeah, it it's just mind-blowing and especially now, you know, seeing the fan comments um because it, it's a teen show. It's a uh, a young adult show but seeing the number of viewers in their 20s and 30s and 40s who grew up on the these shows who just absolutely love astrid and lily it's really really meaningful yeah dream job that that's all i got for (laughs)
1: you no it is amazing too and just to see like we don't need to dive into it but we all know there's some issues with Buffy because of the time that it was written in and the person who wrote most of it. But, like, to see that, but, like, with, like, queer, well, Buffy does have queer stuff, but, like, queer leads in the first season, all right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) And, like, women who are dealing with their own internal shit, but also, like, through the show, they are written as such strong characters. I just think it's so, like, we we have never seen that. It's
0: it's really amazing to be a part of. You know, from the, my first meeting with Betsy and Noelle, they told me how important it was for them to have diversity both on screen and off. And um, we had women and non-binary people in nearly every key creative position, including every single writer, every single director. Both the leads are plus-size women, but their size is never the butt of the joke or even really the focus of the show. Like I Obviously, we can compare it to certain things in specific ways, like Buffy and Booksmart are the two examples people mm. tend to go to a lot. But in a lot of ways, we really haven't seen this before. And to be yeah. a part of that from the ground up is so rewarding. And to see the way it resonates is so rewarding. It just really reinforces the need for stories like this um you know we we may not have seen it before but we certainly need to see it again oh
2: absolutely listen I mean it's we hold our queer shows near and dear to our hearts but this like it really is I cannot I cannot say enough to like everybody these days how much I'm just like there's there's nothing out, there's no show out there like this like there's no this is it's there's so many ways in which it is doing things that just have not really been done you know and I think that that always provides so many opportunities for like representation people have never had you know mm-hmm. and it's incredible. I I want us to talk because I want to start. I want to start like digging in a little bit to yeah. some of the stuff that we want to talk about today, because obviously, like the whole. I mean the the premise of the show, right? Even though I'm like the premise of the show is gays. Um, that's, <laughs> <laughs> that's all I ever care about. But the the premise of the show itself, dimension. There's another dimension. There's a portal that's been opened. There are demons leaking into our dimension. Um, I'm, I'm doing such a good job. Have me do your elevator. yeah. I know. I <laughs> was like,
1: great. this is a very good synopsis. <laughs>
2: there's an orb. There's monsters. There's kids. There's things. Uh, Professional hype there.
0: Right
2: <laughs> so so there's this there's this portal to another dimension that's been opened, and Astrid and Lily have to kill a bunch of demons, collect their body parts. It's just very normal. Collect their body parts, stick them in an orb to close the portal, and also be high school teenagers, right?
0: Yes. And while uh, doing all that, they must survive the horrors of high school, yes. which is worse. Which
2: is worse. <laughs> and which really, like, I mean, again, you know, this is, I think the, the place where the show to me is the most like Buffy is in the how, what is the monster this week, and what is it really doing Represents, in terms of moving? Yeah. yeah, what does it represent? How is it moving forward? the lives of these people and their stories that we are invested in and like that's the stuff that i am such a sucker for i love that when you're just like what is the demon gonna do this week to help you come out to help you do this to help you get a boyfriend to help you have sex i don't know what
1: <laughs> <got> <laughs> that was a, a nice song lee
2: <laughs> you're welcome you
0: guys should have that in your musical <laughs> yeah, like that, that's, that that's, little that's bit right rap.
1: there Da-da-da-da-da.
0: So very, uh, Lin Manuel would be so proud. Yeah, yeah. Uh, We're going to a
2: fair. We're going to a dance. We're gonna have (laughs) sex in the back of your car. Okay. Okay. So I know
0: which one is Lee's favorite episode.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Obviously.
2: Um, listen, I'm always a sucker for the first kiss episode. Come
0: on.
1: And episode
0: seven is a real gem. It's I mean, they're all one. gems. Every time someone tells me they're about to sit down to watch a show, I'm like, oh, that's a good one. Yes. That's also a good one. I just, I, I love all the episodes. And so, like, I, this is I, my favorite part.
1: No, wait, this is my favorite part.
0: No, wait. Yeah, <laughs> it's so hard to choose. So yeah, it, I, I mean, I could never choose, but yeah.
2: Yes, I'm a sucker for it. So, so, they're demon. They're hunting demons. They're hunting demons. They have, I think, superpowers that they like. Some dude in a back alley was handing out that <laughs> week. <and> that's <laughs>
1: that's,
0: that's how you get superpowers. Lead, yeah, it yeah. you know? was a
2: little scrape in the bottom of the barrel. There, we have like your leg is strong. You smell shit. Here we go. <laughs> um. I-
1: <laughs> Their superpowers are their powers of seduction, Lee. Yes,
2: yeah, so true.
1: They had their superpowers and all friendship. along.
2: And yes. friendship. Maybe the real superpowers were the friends we exactly, had. Along
1: exactly, exactly,
0: exactly. And being gay. Yes. And being
2: gay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yes. I love it.
0: We all know that's a superpower. Oh Sorry. yeah, Honestly. it really is.
2: It really is. Has anyone have has anyone else seen that the TikTok audio where it's like, really, it's just like the it's like a gay guy and he's talking about how like it's just gay audacity where he's like, I just believe I can do everything. Like I just think I'm going <laughs> to be good at all things and therefore like that's why we are so crafty and like DIY and why I can do everything. It's not inaccurate.
1: True. I have that but not for DIY. Mm. Like, I believe I can yeah, do I feel like a I have selective small gay audacity. Yeah, a small subset <laughs> like, of things I have audacity for. Agreed. Because also,
0: like, I definitely have gay anxiety. So, like,
1: they balance they each counter. other. They counter. Yeah, they counter each you other. Know, the queer panic and the, the queer audacity. What do you have audacity for? What are the subset of things? Oh, God.
0: I shouldn't have said that. Now I actually have to think about <laughs> I mean, right now, you're catching me at a time when I feel pretty confident in my writing ability. You know, As you should. To in a month. <laughs> uh, but, and yeah, I'm just going to stop there because it's too hard for me to think of things that That's I think okay. I'm good at. It's a
1: good thing to have audacity and you are very good at it. So <laughs> success. Well, thank you. You're welcome. Yeah, no, the writing is so good on the show. Like that also is reminiscent of that like witty banter type stuff we get in Buffy like mm-hmm. it's so but it's clever. Gen
2: Z you know yeah yeah it's yeah. like but, but it's such a different, different. generational yes. type of thing and I I'm kind of here for it I love it like I, I I mean we
0: had to educate ourselves because none of spoiler alert none of the writers are Gen Z <laughs> <laughs> so there were definitely moments of like you know, do the kids still say this? Is, is, uh, what that does is, Chugi mean? You oh know, my God, like what, that.
1: literally what does it mean? That's the weird, <laughs> that is the weirdest word.
0: You know, when you have someone older than yourself and you're trying to teach them a new technology and you showed them like five times and they're just not getting it. It's like every single time it just falls out of their head. That is me with new slang. Mm. I have been told the definition of Chugi like five times and it just doesn't stick. I've just had to accept (laughs) that I have surpassed my ability to learn new words
1: as a writer which is a great thing. It doesn't uh, sound like a real word to me. Like I literally did a voiceover audition where they had that in it and I was like this word sounds like nothing. Like I'm pretty sure I said it wrong. Sounds like just literally now. nothing coming out of my mouth.
2: But you know, you know it what was I bad. love though is like can you can you imagine I'm trying to picture in my head like picture picture Buffy and but even, okay, picture Buffy and Spike never. Picture even Buffy and Angel <laughs> having a conversation before hooking up, being like, I enthusiastically consent. Like, you can't. I love that scene. You can't yeah. do it, right? Like, it doesn't work. It just doesn't. Even even Angel. And, like, that's probably the most we're going to get in that show. I mean, it just... Yeah.
0: Angel's also incapable of enthusiasm, because <laughs> so, that's an emotion. So, <laughs> so true. Uh,
2: and Spike's like, you. I committed sexual assault, so eh. Yeah. I mean, it's uh, just, it's like, it's Spike. a very different landscape is my point, and I'm here for it. I'm here for them. I I don't even know what I was talking about anymore. I've lost track of I'm my I'm sorry, Lee, I totally tra- derailed
1: you. But
2: we're just having that kind of a night, Ellie. This is what this episode's gonna It's fine, gonna be. it's fine.
1: We are just—we're talking about the show. We still are talking about the show, so we're okay. doing fine.
2: I wanna—I <laughs> wanna talk about demons. My point is one of—I right, right, right. one of the things that I loved, and I did love the fair episode, sure. But I feel like the episode that stood out the most to me so far this season. Because we should preface this by saying we're gonna have a whole discussion where, like, uh, we still haven't gotten to watch the finale because. It's not out yet by the time we're recording this, but we're so close. So um, close. So close. So we haven't... We'll heard... do another
0: episode. Yes. Yeah.
2: So the Memoragatu episode, right? Yes. Where they... I'll give a little, like... <laughs> I'll give another elevator version. Another wrap? Yeah. Oh, my let's God. Let's do another version of this episode for anyone who hasn't watched it yet, just because it's important to, like, know the context of what we're talking about, right? So... There's a demon that's a jack in the box and when you see the jack in the box and it like pops out and rah, in your face, you start going through these memory loops where you have to relive your worst memories, but they're not your real memories, they're like a fake, even worse version of your worst memory cuz monsters are terrible. That's like the worst thing. They're like, hey, "What's your worst memory ever? Let's make it even
1: more Even bad. worse.
2: Yeah. And so you have to like face the demon in your fake memory first so that then you can like kick it into a fence post in real life as like your mom always said. <laughs> and and so they do that and we learn a lot about our characters in this episode mm-hmm. and we learn things that like I think are so so important for like the whole development of all of the characters but especially for Candace and Lily who are the ones I'm most emotionally invested in personally you and don't say, say. Yeah, I'm surprised listen, listen. <laughs> I, nobody could have predicted this for me no <laughs> nobody would have <laughs> straight known straight out of left field <laughs> I just really like to surprise people so um, I'm in I'm just I'm here for Candace and Lily's story that's all So, and I wanted to talk about it because I feel like there's a lot about, I thought that it was really interesting where you kind of have these two characters who have like a lot of baggage, (laughs) just some baggage to deal with. Just a little. Uh, My alternate name, like name idea to title this episode was going to be like, carry on baggage. Um,
0: (laughs) Query on baggage. Yeah, Yeah, that's
2: good. (laughs) <laughs> and uh, You're welcome. I should have I done that, you know. Uh, screwed up.
1: It's not I, too late. But
2: I'm really curious, like, from the perspective of when you all sat down to, like, plot out the season, plot out these characters, plot out these storylines, because one of the things that is so different is, like, it is so different to have a storyline where you have, like, hey, who here's the, you know, unpopular high school kid who's, like kind of nerdy and like you know doesn't get invited to the parties all of this stuff like here's the i have one best friend and that's good enough for me like it feels like it's flipped in so many ways right that it's not like oh i'm like pining after the popular girl who like just doesn't even notice me and then i'm gonna have a big crush on her and like pursue her and all this stuff no it's like the total opposite where it's like hey here's Candace she's unhappy and stuck in heteronormativity and she has a giant crush on that kid (laughs) right and I want to know about like what how did that happen and what was like the planning discussions around that in terms of like how do you even start to approach that when it's not something that's really been done before on television (laughs)
0: So all credit to our wonderful showrunners and creators, Betsy and Noelle, for planting those seeds. The idea that Candace and Lily used to be friends and there was some sort of schism that caused them to go their separate ways when they were younger was built into the show from the beginning. I think Candace actually references it in the pilot. She says something about you know um ever since you met Astrid we haven't really hung out or something like that i'm i'm paraphrasing obviously so that was built in from the beginning and there was always that moment with them in the pilot and i remember reading it in the pilot and having this moment of like am i hallucinating like are we really doing <laughs> are this they? are they because you know all all queer people are taught from such an early age to mine their media for any mm. shreds of representation um and with Astrid and Lily it was just there from the first script and I remember thinking like am I hallucinating am I imagining this or are, are, are they really going to tell this story and I I asked the uh Betsy and Noel in my first interview and they were like no you're you're not imagining it we absolutely want to tell this story we want Candace and Lily to find their way back to each other I was like well sold <laughs> I'm um, in. Yeah. um, So when that was built into the show from the very beginning, we didn't quite know what that schism was. Um, But Betsy and Noel knew they wanted to explore it in the memory episode, because Mm. what better place to do so? And yeah, when we sat down to break, break episode five, we started talking about, well, you know, what would that conflict look like? How did it come about? And how can it come about in a way that we don't essentially throw Candace under the bus because we don't want her to just be a basic mean girl. There needs to be more to it than that. And I think we really found it when we realized that something needed to be off about the memories that you needed. Yes, they were being forced to relive their worst memory, but something was off, like something wasn't quite right about it, which is a very real thing that trauma does to your brain. You will often Remember or misremember things or believe things were your fault that weren't because that's how trauma messes with you. Yeah, that's kind of how that uh, came about. But yes, it was built into the DNA of the show from the beginning that Candace and Lily had a relationship when they were younger and would find their way back to each other as teenagers and that that would become a romance.
2: Well, and it's it's so perfect, too, because I think um we just recorded another episode where it's like something that we talk about, because it comes up a lot on the show, is this idea of like friend breakups, right? Yes. Like a lot
1: of queer people have these... Like, Very intense friend breakups, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, because they were not we necessarily really... friends, like they were friends, friend... but yeah, yeah.
0: And the thing about friend breakups, and I'm starting to see some stuff about this, but we have so little language to discuss it, like even just calling it a friend breakup, you know, a breakup that's framing it in all sort of uh romantic language, right? The same language we use for our romantic relationships, it's not really something. That we've discussed historically, and often, frankly, I mean, my friend breakups have been way worse than my romantic breakups. That makes it sound like I've had a lot of breakups. <laughs> I haven't, but um, <laughs> the ones I have had, it's so much more painful to lose a friend. I think maybe because when we enter into a relationship, we go into it knowing that this could always happen. That like, mm. uh, that they may not be "quote unquote" the one, if you believe in that type of thing, but. You don't expect that from your friends. We, if in a way, we kind of take our friends for granted and believe that they will always be there for us. And when we're forced to confront a different reality, that's very painful at any age.
2: Yeah. Well, and there's also, I think, us like four queer people, it's so much more common to see, you know, like, I feel like it's the kind of thing that when when queer people watch this show and watch that episode, that, like, I don't think it is surprising to any of us to say, like, well, yeah, of course Candace was so upset. Candace probably saw something in herself that was represented by Lily and her moms, you know, and having that immediate shame associated with it from her mom of saying, like, you can't hang out with those people, right that it's like watch i mean it's just like watching little candace just like sobbing on her birthday and you're like Ugh. god i know
0: <laughs> i was so mean you to all the give characters
2: up her because they're <laughs> gay and she's gay and it's making me sad now and like
1: Ugh. <laughs> i also do really like like i've talked about this before on the show like you're saying like she's not a basic mean girl like i feel like that's like the most important Kind of way to treat those characters. Cause like sometimes you have a person who's like been so horrifically mean to this character. And then, and then we're supposed to be like, and just kidding, they love each other. And it's like, yeah, that doesn't sit right with me. So I like that there's a bit more nuance to it to the point where like even in some of like the earlier episodes, like Candace starts being pretty nice to Lily comparatively like you don't Mm -hmm. really have like this like harassment that we have in some other shows where it's like that was my bully for years but now I love her you're like yeah does not compute yeah
0: not at all and I I'm particularly not a fan of the trope of the homophobe who turns out to be secretly gay not that that is never the case it absolutely is but you know if any of my childhood bullies showed
1: up on my door, I'm like,
0: surprise, I loved you the entire time. I'd be like, okay, bye. Yeah. bye. <laughs> exactly. I'm like, good for uh, you. I'm
1: glad you realized that. But like, I'm not interested. Congrats
0: yeah, yeah. On In your not, journey, take yeah. it
2: over there. <laughs>
1: yeah,
0: exactly. And it's not instant forgiveness. And I do, I, I also really like that we still, there's a really lovely moment at the end of, uh, the other episode that I got to write, which was episode nine, where Astrid and Candace finally talk a little. And Astrid straight up says, look, this does not make all the years of what you put us through go away. Like you were mean to me, but you make Lily happy. I'm willing to give you a shot. Also, if you hurt her, I'll cut off your head, which is just, you know, standard
2: best friend talk. Yeah.
0: But I do really love that we. We explore those layers with Candace because, yeah, I, we didn't want her to be a basic mean girl. It's a really layered and interesting character. And there's so much going on with her. And I'm really glad that we were able to explore that and also that people are uh, that it's resonating with people, that people are seeing it.
1: Yeah, for sure. And I like, too, that, like, it's like she also is like, yeah, I've always been cool about my sexuality. Like, I I know that I'm fluid. Like, I know these things. It's just like this scenario with you is a little tricky and then you have that whole like scenario but it's like at least we like I agree it's like you're not like she's been suppressing all of her gay feelings forever Mm -hmm. and blah 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 like both of these characters pretty actively know they're queer from the beginning Mm -hmm. and then are just figuring it out with each other which I just I personally prefer but I'm also we've said this many times coming out stories totally valid I just really like seeing when they're not (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it just really no, was it gave
2: me like it gave me April in like teenage bounty hunter vibes, you know, being like, right. I know this about myself. I know this is not super like the time where I- I'm planning to like explore this part of myself, you know, like I'm gonna date the jock and have the relationship everyone expects of me right now. But like, yeah, it doesn't feel like she's like putting on the blinders and being like, I don't see it, blah 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 blah, nothing's here, like,
0: and that. It, it was a conscious decision uh, of the writer's room to make n- none of our queer characters hide their sexuality because I personally am so I, I didn't want to tell a story about queer shame. Yep, I just didn't. Um, and it's not because that's not a valid story and it's not because people don't need to see that story. But we have seen that story so many times and if people need to see that it is out there we had the opportunity to do something different with these characters. And also, you know, the moment in episode eight when we realized Lily was assuming that Candace wasn't ready to be out, but she realizes, oh, no, you just don't want to tell people you like me. I mean, that is a much bigger ouch Mm -hmm. than realizing. That's a
2: sucker punch, man. (laughs) Yeah, that is a gut
0: punch. If Candace was not ready to be out you could almost kind of be with her in that moment because you know we've all been in those scenarios uh where we're not ready to tell people these aspects of our identity whereas here candace frankly screwed up i mean those are she literally says that she screwed up and she needs to make it right which is a much more interesting arc for the character and it's it's just different you know i why do all queer characters have to be ashamed of their sexuality? It just drives me crazy. So I'm really grateful to have been part of a show that was very passionate about doing something different. Yeah, with the queer characters.
2: Well, and it's also like the. Oh, I don't even know what I want to talk about first. I have so many thoughts in my head right now. So <laughs> I'll go with let's talk a little bit because again, I love this idea of like how the demons in the show like help kind of convey all of these things. I love that they're having that discussion. I mean, listen, I love and I hate it because the hair cocoons... Just (laughs) miserable. It was giving me the ring vibes, that whole monster, and I was not Mm -hmm. here for it. But... Um, I mean,
0: that is what we were going for. Yeah, so at least we were I, successful. I I'm sorry. I'm that. sorry we traumatized
1: you. As a
2: millennial of a certain age, listen, <laughs> I, know, I don't need that. Too many, <laughs> that too many traumatizing
1: life. sleepovers where they put I on the I
2: left the ring back in 2003 <laughs> where it belongs, damn it. Okay. <laughs> um,
1: okay.
0: But it also allowed <laughs> us to have a lot of fun and that the kids needed to capture it in a video camera. And they're like, what's a video camera? <laughs> oh,
2: my God. <laughs>
0: um, that is one of my personal favorite moments in the entire series. <laughs> I'm just throwing it out there. I know hair cocoons, you don't have to like them to each
2: their own, but come on. <laughs> Incredible. I, but here's what I did like about the hair cocoons is I liked, again, where it's like, it's... it's it's just small things sometimes, like having an episode where every single one of your characters is so wrapped up in themselves, and then to have the crux of that episode be them all wrapped up in themselves with their little heads poking out, having these conversations about each other's feelings and stuff, <laughs> hanging like from this. these like disgusting hair cocoons. Because it is, right? It's like you have this whole episode where it's like, Astrid is pissed at Lily because she's keeping a secret. Lily is, like, not pissed at, but, like, hurt because Candace, like, doesn't want to do any sort of, like, PDA or, like, do anything where anyone else can see it. Like, Tate is hurt because his girlfriend is into someone else. Like, Candace is being completely self-involved and like forgetting everyone else's feelings eggs is there i don't know there's eggs. just <laughs> there's I a lot happening love eggs, eggs is so possibly deeply. one of my favorite characters he's, he's one great. of my
0: favorite characters to write michael plays him beautifully he's just such a gem <laughs> every time i oh i i deeply love eggs <laughs> and he's the one there screaming hey guys maybe we should deal with the monster it's just it's
2: incredible oh, the entire scene is beautiful but like but what a great again right like what a great use of a a demon like what a great use of that that whole imagery of it and being like hey like get out of the like get out of your own head like And once again, people exist as well. Look at them. They're (laughs) hanging in front of you in their own cocoon. (laughs) And once again, honestly, hats off to Betsy and Noel,
0: the creators of the show and our showrunners. They wrote that episode and they had such a clear vision for it from the beginning, you know. Episode eight was going to be the, the monster in the script is called the wet child, but we never actually <laughs> say that out loud. It's <laughs> disgusting. Yeah. Um, the moist
2: kid. Yeah. Like, no. Moist hairy kid. We just kid. lost, Love like, it. half your
0: listenership by, because we said yeah, that. Yeah, sorry. Um, sorry, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> but they had such a clear vision. Episode 8 was going to be the wet child. There were going to be these hair cocoons. Everyone was going to be forced into a room and secrets were going to be revealed. Also, it was going to be a Breakfast Club homage. It's they had the such... Breakfast
2: Club, like, direct parallel. Like, that first intro setup scene... I was howling like I was just absolutely so dying at Tate and his little jacket and everything and Sparrow with oh god with
0: the fingerless yes. gloves yes <laughs> it was
2: perfect
0: everyone killed it Denishko directed that episode Um, like the music was uh, all very 80s uh, all the costuming it was just everything about it was Perfection. And also, I have to give a shout out to Grace, the adorable little girl who played the wet child. Um, the adorable. Sweetest, <laughs> the sweetest thing on earth, but God, was she terrifying. Oh my she God. God. A few too
2: many eyes, just and some wet hair can really, you know, scare up uh, what I'm sure a cute, is a cute kid. Very, very cute somebody. kid. Yeah.
0: Oh, absolutely adorable and just the sweetest thing terrifying
1: on screen that is so funny (laughs) like how do you even audition for that role too i
0: I truly don't know i i um yeah i know a couple of the monster auditions involved like checking their shriek like could they make a a monster kind of Cry, I I truly don't know what it went into casting the wet child. Although she has a great growl, because at one point she was, uh, we were taking pictures backstage, and I asked her to snarl at the camera, and I never slept again. So uh, <laughs> that
1: must have been her audition. Yeah, that that was. Yeah, it. I love to I'm like the demon from the first episode. The tearjerker is like so. <laughs> he reminds me of um of literally like he reminds me of the demon from the musical episode in Buffy
3: oh yeah yeah. right like very like
1: campy and yeah the fact that he calls himself daddy is too much
0: (laughs) that was the first (laughs) script I read right and that was all in the pilot you know is this monster kind of like a sexy daddy yeah once again I said to my agent I was like seriously who do we have to send a gift basket to like I need to work on this show you don't understand my life will be incomplete (laughs) if I don't get to write for this show it's just (laughs) Yeah. Oh God. The monsters are so fun. Tearjerker is just incredible. And yeah.
3: Are you ready to shop? Rakuten's big give week is back.
1: And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream.
3: So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.
1: So much fun.
2: I was trying to remember like what my other direction of thought had been because there was something else that I wanted to talk about. And then You were just
1: talking about the demons guiding the story. Well, and then we were talking about the hair cocoons uh, and everyone's wrapped up in themselves.
2: Was one thing. There was the play was
1: the other,
0: right? (laughs) Romeo and Juliet down under, (laughs)
2: definitely. Listen, listen. As Ellie and I, um, who both grew up as theater kids, kids. like (laughs) Romeo and Juliet down under is, I I like I cannot even explain how um, I how much I hate love it. Like I,
1: (laughs) there is nothing that I love more than a play within a TV show. Oh God, and I, just, same. Like it just gets me every time, especially when it's a ridiculous Shakespearean play. Have you ever mm-hmm. seen the film Get Over It? No. They do a musical. I, can, I now need to a musical version of *Midsummer Night's Dream*, directed. Oh God, I was just by on Martin a Short
0: talking about. This. Yes, <laughs> I was just on *You Made Me Queer* and Trevor was talking about this, and I. Pretended to know what he was talking about. Co- uh. Connect me with Trevor because I will
1: sing every song to him.
2: <laughs> I'll, I'll make it happen. I, happily. I just, uh. it is, listen, it is like such a quintessential like high school theater experience to do that show where someone's just like, we're going to do this, but, but here's the twist. Aren't we okay, clever?
0: So I need to tell you something. I just went on this whole Twitter thread about this because people were demanding to know. I tweeted. So of course, part of episode 9 spoiler alert is that Michelle changes the ending of the play
2: mm-hmm, on mm-hmm. opening
0: day. That happened to me. Did
2: it really? In oh high God. school, our
0: teachers changed They changed it in the middle of the performance. How um, are you going to do that? So, to I... anxious theater kids, <laughs> I did this whole. I wanted to make a TikTok, but I'm also a millennial of a certain age, and I don't understand TikTok, <laughs> so I just Twitter
2: for Oh, we can teach you. We got um, you. Don't worry.
0: Still. Oh God. Yeah. Um. I mean, to summarize, basically, the school musical was a really big deal at my school, and we would put on. Uh, in addition to putting on performances for the community and for our school, we also put on performances for the theater schools or the elementary schools who would, whose kids would eventually come to us for high school. But for some reason, those performances could not be the full-length show. It had to be a shortened version. But it's high school theater. Everything came together at the last minute. So rather than have time to rehearse two different versions of the show the night before, The first performance, the teachers sat down and just came up with a list of things they felt like they could cut from the show. Oh, my God. Which is... Super not allowed, by the way. Um, and if anyone from like Music Theater International is listening, we absolutely
1: did not do this. Um, <laughs> but... Yeah, you cannot change one word in those things. You're not supposed you can, to like, change yeah. it. Um... You can't even like, yeah, you can't even like try to censor it or anything. Like you cannot change no.
0: it. So uh, the show was Rodgers and Hammerstein Cinderella. And we just came in the next day and there was literally just a list up in the dressing room. Yes, dressing room singular um, <laughs> of all the songs and scenes that we wouldn't be performing. We never rehearsed any of the transitions. Like We just had to wow. go with it. Wow. Um, that is but crazy. Because they, nev- because they never rehearsed the shortened version, they also never timed it, which meant that... So Rodgers and Hammerstein Cinderella is a three-act musical. We were maybe halfway through act two, and the stage manager runs backstage and goes, the buses are here. We have to wrap this up now. <laughs> so... The- <laughs>
1: Oh my they slammed
0: God. the curtain shut. They shoved the prince and the king onto the apron and told them to ad-lib while we set up for the wedding scene. They had to improvise the entire second half of Cinderella. Like, we hadn't done the search with the shoe. We hadn't done any of the drama with the stepsisters. I think we barely got to the ball.
1: Oh, um, my God.
0: Oh, my God. And someone yanked Cinderella off stage and shoved her into a wedding dress. She had no idea what was happening. Um, and the prince and the king just sort of stood there on stage in the spotlight going, Guess what? We found the girl! That is very
2: good news! <laughs> <laughs> hear ye, hear ye, a royal wedding! Oh, was, wow. my God. Is that better or worse than, crikey, they're <laughs> getting married by a kangaroo. <laughs> Okay, I, I need think you to
0: know that's the worse. kangaroo.
2: <laughs> so
0: my, I am the the lucky little writer who got to have the play in her episode oh, and I am forever God. grateful for that because I am also an ex-theater kid. I mean, I, I should say all the writers were theater kids. So coming up with the play was just, oh, so much fun. Um And that was a whole process in and of itself, the way we arrived at Romeo and Juliet down under. But um My writing process for Romeo and Juliet Down Under was literally just to sit at the computer very late at night and to put down increasingly insane things on the page just to see what Betsy and Noel would take out. (laughs) Because um, for anyone not familiar with the TV writing process, yes, individual writers typically write the episodes, but the showrunner will always do a showrunner's pass before the draft goes out. So, you know, they do a quick pass, make sure everything sounds right that everything's happening the way they wanted to that's very typical so i threw things in thinking that they would yank a couple out at least before they went off to the network and then to the actors the most insane of which being what if the kangaroo performed the wedding they not only did they not took not only did they not take that out they took nothing
2: out. Wow.
0: Oh my god.
2: Well, <laughs> kudos because I cannot tell you, like, I don't think that's probably the the part of this show where I laughed the hardest is every line of <laughs> Romeo and Juliet down under. Like it it's so good. Just destroyed me. I don't know. I think it really is that it's like, if you've ever done like a high school theater production, like I don't think anybody can sit through that and not just be like crying <laughs> laughing like I don't like even just stupid stuff of like like the what do they say where they're like like doth thou bite your thumb at me mate and I was like oh my god I do bite my thumb <laughs> can cannot I-, I cannot do it it's just it's like it's it was just it was great. It was great. Well, that's yes. so
0: bad. Bravo, bravo. Shoehorning in the Australian slang was particularly oh, fun man. because like I actually I'm not actually the biggest fan of Romeo and Juliet, but I really like a lot of the poetry in Romeo and Juliet and just completely bastardizing it <laughs> with whatever Aussie slang I could think of. And even when we just uh, when I told the writer's room the story of my teachers changing the play on. The day, and I was like, "Hey, what if Michelle did that?" They went great. Oh my god! God. uh, I I reached out to my cousin who used to work as a doctor in Australia, and I was like, "So." Is there any, like, weird Australian medical slang you can inform me of? Also, wedding traditions. Um, <laughs> and she told me, but I couldn't tell her why.
1: And then oh, my God. The episode God.
0: aired recently, and I got to reach out to her. I was like, do you remember last year when I randomly asked you this stuff, and I couldn't
2: tell you why?
3: But the episode's it's,
2: But OK, look, because I'm going to I'm going to use this to segue us slowly back to Candace and Lily, which, you know, I'm just dying to do. But like even the way in which Candace uses that opportunity where she's like, she's standing off stage. I'm going to like, fuck the script. I'm just going to like yeah. talk at you now. And, and X is there like, it's not the right scene. Like, that's not even what happens. And
0: like <laughs> and it's such an epic romantic it's- moment. Like, uh, uh, you know. All on the page. She drops the accent. She sees Lily. She just pours her heart out to her with some of the most romantic poetry the bard ever wrote. Yeah, and then eggs is like, "That's the wrong scene. <laughs> the <That's laughs> wrong scene."
2: And and saying it while they're both on stage, which is just—it's like—it's all just the very high school theater of it. Um, but I do I do want to talk a little bit about because one of the other things I think part of why I love their storyline so much, and I love watching them both, kind of like find their way through it uh, over the episodes is I feel like it's not just it's not just saying like, oh, hey, we have two fat heroes who are both girls who are not the most popular kids in school and all this stuff. But like having one of those characters, like I'm just thinking about what it must be like for so many girls watching this show to see that character like th- when when she has that whole speech where Lily's like, you know, I may not be my biggest fan, but like even I know I deserve better than this. And to have that person say that to the Candace of your school, you know, and to be like, "Hey, I am not your dirty little secret. Like I am not a thing that you get to be ashamed of cuz like that's not being into me." like for so many reasons whether it's that like because you're the outcast whether it's because you're gay and they have their own things they're working through like it doesn't matter what the reason is is like that's not what liking someone is that's not what showing up for someone is and like that uh like I feel like that's the thing where I'm like look like there have been shows with fat leads like whether or not they've been handled as well Let's not get into it. There has been, like... <laughs>
0: it's another episode. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, Another
2: yeah. episode <laughs> on, like, listen, are you, like, the quirky fat best friend who gets, like, tossed the nerdy guy at the end? Okay, fine. That, that in and of itself, like, th- that moment is just so important. I'm like, that's just, that's so necessary like kids need to see that teenagers need to see that like need to see somebody able to believe enough in themselves to say i deserve better than what you're offering right now no thank you
0: (laughs) that line has a lot of weight actually the tv junkies just released an entire article about that single line which blew me away, um, as the writer of that episode. Um, but it, it's a line, you know, I, I, I feel it deeply, let's say, I, I believe, you know, we've all been in those situations and I am someone who still struggles to sometimes say, you know what, I deserve better than this. Um, even if I know it right. And yeah, to have that moment, is really powerful and of course then Candace's journey throughout the episode is to learn what it means to show up for somebody um it yeah it's I I've gotten so many messages on Twitter um from people just resonating so deeply with that moment and how much they needed to hear that and as you said needed to hear it from a character like Lily
2: Mm -hmm.
0: which is so Like meaningful to me as the as the writer to know that it's resonated with so many people it's really special
1: yeah and also like to see where lily comes from from the beginning of the season to that moment where you literally Mm -hmm. have seen her crying in a car because she feels so like worthless like am i a monster because people say i am and like to that moment is so powerful
0: yeah, that's the journey we really wanted to take Lily on in season one was to see her become comfortable in her own skin and become confident in herself. And I think by episode nine, we're really starting to see that. And certainly in uh, episode 10, you'll see it as well. Um, and it's really amazing to see the character go on that journey. And, you know, Sam just plays her so beautifully. I- I'm so proud of her. Uh wow.
1: Yeah, also this is like sort of random, but not. I read it that this was Sam's first TV show. Is that correct? This is Sam's first TV show. Crushed it. She
2: crushed it. <laughs> it.
0: Right? Um so fun little fact for you guys. Um I was Sam's camp counselor when she was <laughs> No.
2: A, a Stop little it. baby
0: actor. I'm oh not my kidding. Gosh. Uh at a drama camp for a couple summers. So I I hadn't spoken to her in years by the time the show came about, and then I remember seeing the casting for Astrid and Lily, um, and I went, "Wait, I know that name."
2: That's amazing.
0: So I I knew
1: her when, and I'm I'm so proud of her. What a star! I love it. I love also. I'm like, you're from Canada, right? Yes. I'm like that. All, that all you. All of you know each other. <laughs> <laughs>
0: well, I mean, we're also, like, Sam and I are not far, uh, we're from places that are not terribly far away from each other. But, you know, we don't all know each other. Know, Canada's is a pretty big I know. place.
1: <laughs> it's really just, like, all of these people in Toronto. Yes. There like, all, that, the, yeah. all the queer actors in Toronto. Like, all the, That like,
2: is a small world. Yeah.
1: Yeah. That is true. Yeah. yeah. That is true. Just... I'll, I'll grant you that one. <laughs> and then actors who are also then on sci-fi. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which I love. This, like,
0: well, I mean, the Canadian TV industry is comparatively small. It's really, it's like six degrees of Kevin Bacon, except it's more like two degrees of Degrassi.
2: Uh, yes in the canadian industry (laughs) or it also it always reminds me too of like how you know you're always like a british actor who were they in harry potter right it's like that kind of small
1: (laughs) yeah Yeah. i love that though that is so cool
0: it's it's absolutely wild yeah I'm, i'm so proud of her that's amazing
1: was there anything else you wanted to talk about with the demons lee
2: I mean, listen, there's so many things I want to talk about. There's like that whole episode because then there's Doppel people and it's like, oh, or do you even actually see the people around you? And there's like there's stand-ins and I'm just, listen, I have a lot of feelings about everything always. Ellie, you know this about me. I know. I
1: know. I
0: mean, we could talk about the Doppel gang. I love the Doppel gang.
2: So. I, listen, the Doppel gang, I just thought was like, again, it's just great. It's a great use of like, Are you being seen? Do people even notice that it's not you? Like, also, she was creepy as shit being the doppel lily. Wasn't she so good? It was (laughs) off-putting.
0: Like, so creepy. I was on set for most of those scenes. And I mean, remember, this is someone that I knew when she was like eight. (laughs) And I'm watching her play this. Super creepy version of herself. It's so unsettling. Even when she's not Uh, doing anything,
2: she's just standing there. I'm like, how do you look so (laughs) scary all of a sudden? I don't. Just staring at a
0: wall. Like it
3: reminded me
2: of like my my our dog is like basically completely blind right now, and it like reminded me a lot of her. (laughs) Sometimes (laughs) she's just like, I want to go outside, and you're like, that's the wall but okay.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh no. What I, what I really love about the doppelganger monster is that Astrid and Candace end up being sort of mirrors of each other in that episode and that they are both so mixed up in their own crap with Astrid and Sparrow and Candace and her popularity that they're not clocking what is going on with Lily. They're just so in their own heads. And when they get out of their own heads, they realize, well, Astrid realizes that Candace doesn't quite realize what's going on with the doppelgangers. At least they fill her in <laughs> later off screen. But, you know, it's not until they, both of them are able to get themselves out of their own heads and clock what's going on around them and the way their actions affect other people that they're able to overcome the monster. And they have these really parallel journeys in the episode that I just absolutely love for them because you know obviously Astrid and Candace there's still a little bit of tension there at the end of 9 although we are starting to see it melt and yeah i just love that for them because of course as soon as Astrid thinks lily you know she explains it away uh oh i you're not acting like yourself you're really quiet it's cuz candace hurt you but as soon as she allows herself to really clock what's going on she's like oh duh right <laughs> Which is such a beautiful moment. And then they turn out to be a doppelgang because we had to make everything worse. Well, so. and
2: someone had to get Val. I mean, come on. Otherwise, oh, God. what's even the, the Val? Point?
0: Val. <sighs> I love Val. I, uh, I just love her so much. And Christina, again, plays her to perfection. Yeah. Just every high school theater kid, grown up theater kid, seeing <laughs> themselves in this poor girl. <laughs> gets I mean, attacked by yes. the monster every time. I mean, every time. You gotta
2: love a running gag, you know?
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's just, oh, so good. And yeah, we had to make her the crocodile. We were really mean to Val.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, it's just so, yeah. It's so much fun. But, it was a really but fun Mean month. in the but we best
1: way.
2: Mean in the way. In the best ways, way. You know? Yes.
1: Um, before we go into our q and A, I I mean, if people have listened all the way through, then we gave them a lot of spoilers. However, what if they have not seen Astrid and Lily Save the World? What's your like, what's your short pitch? Like, here's why you should watch.
0: Well, you know, we've already kind of covered the premise of the show and stuff. So rather than rehashing that, which you did so beautifully in song, you uh, did great. You're welcome. <laughs> I instead, my pitch for it comes from the writer's room, which is that all of us talked about um, a desire to create the show we needed when we were growing up, whether that was as someone who is fat or someone who is queer or someone who's BIPOC. We wanted to create the show we each needed growing up and seeing you know, Candace and Lily and how their arc has come about and just the entire final product of the show. I can say this is very much the show I needed when I was growing up. So I hope it would be that for you too.
1: Beautiful. That's my pitch. (laughs) It's a great pitch. I agree. So make sure you watch it. I mean, it it could have
2: been a little more musical
1: if you ask me, but like it was fun. I'm about to be in tears no, here and and you have I, ag- to I agree get- <laughs> I, think that's,
2: I do think that's why I love i I'm like so into the show is like I that's what it hits me as is like this it's a show that I think people need to watch like whether or not it's even the show that you needed it's a show you need to watch because it's just like it's so important for people to see that you know because mm-hmm. like because I do think it's important like I think and so much of what you just said too is it's like absolutely like somebody who grew up fat with the representation that we had when we were kids i mean jesus like obviously you need this it's still show. not
0: great let's be honest like it's and improved it, and it's marginally so much better than but... it used
2: to be and it's still not great <laughs> but it's also like i cannot think about like how important it must be for everybody to see how into lily candace is
0: i saw a tweet <laughs> This was, like, mid-season, too. They hadn't even gotten together yet. But someone tweeted, you can see Candace's crush from outer
2: space. Yes. yes. (laughs) So obviously. It's, like, so clear. But, like, that's so important, too, is I'm like, yes, absolutely. Like, you need to see Lily having the self-confidence to say, like, I deserve better. Like, this is not okay. But it's also so important for people to, like, see a character being like, hey, you're fat and gorgeous and funny and smart and I'm into you. And like, Mm
0: -hmm.
2: like that is also important for people to realize. So important. Yes. That's so that's also an option. And like, what I think we have done historically, over and over again, is to like shame people when they're into that. Very person. much so. And I'm like, it's just, ugh, it's so important all around. I can't stand it. Anyways, um, anyways, watch Astrid and the Lady people. Like, it's okay. Yes, please. It's a, it's a totally fine show. I don't feel strongly <laughs> about it one way or another.
0: You know, I I do want to say on the note of you know, um. Shout-outs to the romantic leads. I know we're not here to talk about the straits, but I feel like we <laughs> have to give a, a shout-out to Sparrow as well, because he is also very much that person for Astrid. He's just into her from the beginning. Uh, you know, he he doesn't care about her social status or her size or anything. He is just so completely into her. And again, that's very much something we wanted to show. So... Anyway, we don't have to talk about the straights, but I felt
1: like I would be <laughs> hey, doing Pinky a Bars disservice. For seconds,
2: and I think that was very generous of us. Like, good we job. Do still love, we
1: do still love them. We do still very much love Astrid and her confidence as well. Yes. Like, when she asked Sparrow out on a date, like, love that for
2: her. But also, all I want to do is watch the finale and see Candace and Lily go to a dance together. And I'm just, I'm
1: going to die. I mean, it's yes. just going to be
2: me dying the whole episode and I'm already ready yes. for it.
1: Yes, I also basically. was going to say... Before the finale is, well, people are going to see the finale when this episode comes out. But just in general, we'll post, we've already posted on Twitter, we will post again and again, but people need to be watching these shows so that we get more seasons. Because yes, I can't please. handle if we don't get another season like so Neither many can I. other <laughs> shows have done that we have been obsessed with, and yet people suck. So... Look, guys, if you want to support Astrid and Lily,
0: you gotta tell Sci-Fi that you want that second season. Watch the show, rewatch the show on Sci-Fi's website uh, or app, uh, if possible. If not, on the network itself, and tweet at them on in- or post on Instagram, comment on TikTok, all of it. Tell them how much you want a second season because we have so many more stories to tell in this universe. I could write these characters, by which I mean Candace and Lily, but also the others, I guess, um, <laughs> yeah. for the rest of my life. Well, also eggs and Valerie. So I love our entire So I want to write them for the rest of my them. life. Just all of them. Yeah. Yes. Excellent.
1: Yes, please. All right, let's do this. We're ready for our Q and gay. Let's go. Q. Q.
2: Q. Q. And. and, and, and gay.
1: gay. All right. Question number one. What is your worst Astrid and Lily demon? A. Memoragatu. B. Hair cocoon. C, tearjerker or D, Razor? Like, which one would be the worst for me to face?
0: Oh, memoragatu easily. Hair Monster is just, like, what I have to pull out of my shower drain. I'm not that scared.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That's a good zinger if you had to say that. (laughs) Amazing. Okay, question two. I have very long hair, guys. (laughs)
2: Question two, what's your worst real life demon out of A, friend breakup, B, being unpopular, C, peer pressure, or D, overbearing parents?
0: Oh, friend breakup, definitely. Oh, yeah. I mean, I was never popular, so peer pressure and a fear of losing your popularity don't really resonate with me. Um, I wasn't cool enough to have either of those things.
1: (laughs) 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 Um, Friend breakup, easily. I get that too. That would definitely be mine. All right. Question number three. Who were you in your high school theater production? A. Lead role, B. Ensemble, C. Prop person, or D. Audience?
0: None of the above. <laughs> I I I wrote and directed a lot. That tracks. Uh, which, you know, huge surprise considering where I ended up. Uh, but yeah, I was usually the one Writing, um, and then for the school play, I, I assist and directed.
2: Nice. Who do we talk to to get a full length version of Romeo and Juliet down under? That's what I want to <laughs> know. Somebody has to, I want how, like a high school version of this show. How much me.
1: funding do we need to license? Yeah, right, listen, I <laughs> look, guys,
0: hit up Blue Ice. <laughs> I, I'm i waiting on a season two renewal. I'm happy to write it. Like, I, I got my Romeo and Juliet script on my bookshelf, I, I'm ready to go. Hilarious. I can contact my cousin for more Australian slang. Like, guys, I'm
1: ready. We're so ready.
0: We'll license it. And then, you know, halfway through the production, they'll decide to change the ending because the buses yep. got there early. And
2: if like... you decide you want to make it a musical, hit us up. Okay. Broadway, <laughs> we're coming for you. Listen. Yes. I got
0: you. Yes, a gay please. musical. Obviously. Yes. Oh, yeah.
2: I I just got very excited about this. It's fine. <laughs> question, <laughs> question 4, which superpower would you want out of A Astrid's senses or B Lily's leg?
0: Oh god, that's hard. They both suck. <laughs> 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 Mm, I'm going to go with the senses because at least Astrid gets a cool moment. Sometimes Lily is just the one play. <laughs> 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 Lily so has I'll the poison super Like superpowers. <laughs> like, um, yeah, I, I, I mean, I think I can handle the vinegar smell that she gets sometimes in exchange for the occasional instance of super sight. Uh, okay. I'll go with Astrid's
1: powers. Nice. <laughs> Fair enough. All right, question number five. Which Astrid and Lily character are you most like? A, Astrid, B, Lily, C, Candace, or D, Val? I mean...
2: You can, you can do a write-in when you're in the episode, too, so...
1: Yeah, I was about to say... Oh,
0: so, I, I mean, I was Val in high school. They all resonate with me in a different way. So this is going to be kind of a board of an answer. In general, I would say I'm most like Lily until I get comfortable around someone and then my asteroid starts showing um but in terms of the our universe in general I'm probably x x
1: hey. <laughs> That's a good choice. I'm That's pretty
0: great... sure
2: I'm an eggs too, so it's fine. Yeah,
0: it's a great choice. Uh, I don't quite has, have his aptitude for science, but I do have his aptitude <laughs> for can we focus on the issue at hand? So,
2: uh, I think I think yeah. that was my favorite eggs moment was during the Breakfast Club scene when Michelle's like, "Why are you here? It's the library." <laughs> like, yes,
0: which was also very much Correct. me in high school. So, um, I, if I had to pick. Um, I'm probably eggs.
1: I love there it. We got to add eggs. We got to add eggs to the question five. Remember- <laughs> I think you do. <laughs> we really do. Remember, you can give us your own answers to this episode's Q&A questions on our Twitter at Les Hangout Pod. Alex, thank you so much for hanging out with us and for writing this incredible show.
0: <laughs> so cool. Thank you for having me. Uh, it's It's been an honor.
2: And thanks for watching. Tell our listeners, where can they find you if they want to follow you? Uh, and I know we just said it, but tell them again, where can they find Ashton and Lily to catch up, watch, follow all the things?
0: So if you want to follow me, I am at Mark Woman on Twitter and Instagram. I'm also on TikTok, but i don't post on TikTok. So why would you follow me there? Um, <laughs> And if you want to watch the show, which obviously you do after listening to this episode, you can watch it. By the time this comes out, all the episodes will be available. So you can binge them on the sci-fi website or app.
1: And in Canada, you can uh, stream them on Crave. Amazing. Thank you so much for hanging out with us. And to all of you out there, make sure you watch Astrid and Lily so we can get another season. Please, please, please. (laughs) Let me hear you say, hip, 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 We love hearing from all of you.
2: We love continuing to build this community. We like to shout out some of our favorite things every episode. And during this month, while we are crowdfunding, the people who are nearest and dearest in our hearts and minds are everyone who is donating to our crowdfunding campaign. So we are just going to shout out everyone that has donated since last week.
1: The ridiculous amount of names. Seriously, (laughs) you guys are amazing. Maddie. Lindsay. Eva. Tiffany. Rebecca. Raina. Levi, Samara, Sarah, Amelia, George, Chris, Alex, Jessica, Rebecca, Claudia, Judith, Amy, Tiff, Amanda, Fran, Hannah, Cheyenne, Beth, Joyce, Caitlin, Amelia, Yanira, Kelly, KK, Lex, Diana, Elise, Brooke, Robin, noelle who was our
2: angel donor for our matching campaign and we also want to thank everybody that helped us make that matching contribution bethany and Haley, who brought us to 10k
1: thank you Haley. isabel
2: and andrew thank you all of you thank you everyone who's going to have donated since then uh if we missed you this week we should be able to get you by next week and we just we're so we're so grateful and humbled and just really really happy that's all
1: that is so many names, everyone. That is so many names. So thank you all. It was like really so exciting to see the matching campaign happening over the weekend. I was like, oh, they're doing it. They really love us. <laughs> 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 so thank you. Thank you. And as always, we want to thank our Lesbian Jesus patrons. Mark Foster.
2: Jess Klaus.
1: Tanya Ferguson.
2: Jacqueline Rose Nishino.
1: Sarah and Julia.
2: Danny Gunlock Tamura. Brittany Ray, Alana Rosen.
1: Lizette Stye. Stacey. Aidy Benitez, Fiona W., Whitney Lennon, and Jennifer Trujillo, and our King Princess patrons, Amy and Ellen, Leah Henley, Liz Chen, Julia Gonzalez, and Ashley White. Thank you all so much for supporting us all year round. Some of you for four or five years. Thank you. We could not make the show without you.
2: Remember, you can also find us on all social medias. We are on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and TikTok at Hangout Pod.
1: You can email us at leshangoutpod at gmail.com.
2: Or you can check out our website at lesshangoutpod.com. And you can also find our website for Dollar Bean Productions at dollarbeanproductions.com.
1: Whatever app you use for podcasts, make sure you subscribe so you be the first to know when new episodes drop. And if you
2: haven't listened to The Flame yet, or if you just want to listen again to help us celebrate our Webby nomination and tell all your friends to vote for us, you can do that. All of the episodes are out on any podcasting app.
1: We're also posting videos on our YouTube channel, so make sure you subscribe at youtube.com slash to catch them.
2: If you want to help support the podcast, you can rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. It helps new people find the show,
1: and we like reading the reviews. If you want to support us on Patreon so you can hear us talk about Chasing Amy at 150 patrons, you can do that at bit.ly slash Patreon. We have watch parties for our patrons and our favorite, our Patreon-only Discord chat.
2: If you want to help support us in making all of our podcast musicals, you can join our Patreon at bit.ly/theflamepatreon. the flame Patreon helps us make our next show and helps us bring the flame onto the stage in New York City this fall.
1: If you want some Less Hangout merch, you can get that at bitly slash shop. Like we've said before, pride is closer than you think. So you better get all of your gay merch so you can rock it at the parade.
2: If you want to follow us individually, you can find me on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at LSH Foster.
1: You can find me on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at Ellie Brigida. With that, I'm Ellie. And I'm Lee, And And let's let's hang hang out out again again soon. Let's hang out, out, out.